So, Jack, uh, over the last uh, several months, the big question here has been within the context of recovery driven by vaccines, does the market leadership refocus into those companies away from some of the growth tech? And then along comes GameStop, now American Airlines, big moves in Macy's and this wild sort of just wild west pump that's happening. Does it fit into any of the broader topics? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, investors, traditional long-term investors do need to pay attention to what's going on. You know, I call it really more of a populist move against uh, a lot of the hedge fund fat cats. Um, that said, um, it does it undermine uh, investors' confidence in the stock market as a place for long-term investing or as a transition, you know, or as a turn its perception to, into more of a, a, a sports book or gambling uh, environment. Uh, that's, you know, I was a little concerned when I saw the big sell-off in the major averages yesterday. Um, and, you know, we're, we're gonna take a hard look at it. Um, evaluations are not cheap, um, but there are parts of the market that we believe uh, will benefit even if uh, the, the Federal Reserve decides not to continue stimulating, uh, you know, with, with uh, monetary policy. So, Jack, are there uh, certain, I mean, is there some degree of reason for these uh, targets of the uh, Reddit crowd and the rebellious sort of short squeeze that's happening. I mean, uh, these are mostly companies that investors have bet are going to suffer from the current economic situation. Uh, all the stuff that's highly shorted, there's a lot of brick and mortar in there. There's a lot of consumer discretionary and, and travel. So are these at least the right kind of battlegrounds to be thinking about repricing the future? Um, no, you know, I think, Oliver, we have to look at what's going on in Reddit and, you know, and, and these piling on trades is really more of a sideshow. I think a lot of it's personal. Um, mm. You know, it's populist. It's targeting individuals, um, those individuals who have been um, made it publicly known that they don't like these names and they're shorting it. So I do think there's a somewhat of a distaste for that type of, you know, call it vulture type investing. Um, so, no, I think it's I do think it's more of a personal vendetta uh, against specific people and specific strategies. So I wouldn't take this as some sort of a fundamental anything, actually. Um, and we really have to look beyond this. What about the overall degree of speculation that's taking place? Total uh, option volume reached an all time high this week and before it was GameStop. You know, the original here was Tesla, right? Uh, a huge amount of short interest that over time dwindled as a combination of very devout followers and buyers of the stock with the real fundamental breakthroughs that Elon Musk and his team made brought the stock where it is right now. And then between Tesla and today, there are myriad other electric vehicle plays, pot plays, green energy, all this stuff. And it's meant that there is just more and more money coming into the market in different ways. The option calls volume here is outstanding. Jack, does this look like it's going to be this generation's top for this long-standing bull market, or or is this some degree of sustainability? Yeah, I think um, you know this is um, again. I would view it as noise, but it could potentially envelop the broader. 
um, you know, market think, uh, and we have to be careful of that. If, if you know, if all of a sudden, longer term, uh, investors believe that you know this frothy market has now just gotten crazy, um, you know, that they're going to hit the sell button and move to the sidelines. And so we got a little taste of that yesterday. Um, you know, I'm going to confer with my team and see if, you know, this is something that we need to pay closer attention to. I think investors and in hedge funds need to go to their hedge fund managers and assure themselves that, you know, these strategies that they're pursuing aren't somehow vulnerable to this phenomenon. Uh, but um, yeah, I do think that there are some, you know, broader uh, implications to it, but the specific point and click buying that's going on uh, in many respects is, is really just isolated to, you know, a couple of dozen names. Jack, what if the uh, what if the market here starts to reprice the economy through yields more aggressively? We got two weeks where the 10 year yields stopped rallying, right? And bonds stopped selling. We had a CPI print uh, two Wednesdays ago. And since then, the bond bulls came back into the market. Today, that seems to be reversing once more after some pretty solid numbers. What do we need to look at here in terms of the disruptive potential for bonds? You know, it's a great question, and that's one thing I'm really focused on, Oliver. You know, our our bond model suggests that the 10-year Treasury should be 2%, not, not 1%. Uh, and what does that mean for, uh, you know, for, for equities, for long-term holders? You know, the, the Chairman Powell yesterday kind of dismissed the impact that the Federal Reserve had on valuation. But if you go back over the last 10 years, the S&P 500 is, is up 260 some odd percent cumulatively, 160 percentage points of that move was valuation expansion. So roughly 100 percent from earnings and dividends and 160 percent from valuation. If we assume that the Fed just sits on the sidelines, doesn't doesn't tighten, doesn't do anything, we can't really rely on valuation expansion from here forward, which means that if you just look at earnings and dividends, well, then guess what? Value has an advantage. Over the last 10 years, if you just strip out valuation expansion, uh, the Russell 1000 value index outperformed the Russell 1000 growth index by two percentage points a year. And that differential is even wider among small caps. So, you know, I would look into an environment where let's just let's worry about just organic growth. Let's not worry about help from lower interest rates or bond buying or even equity buying sometime in the future. Let's just look at the the basic building blocks of investing, and that's earnings and dividends. In which case, then you want to really shift to more of a cyclical play because um, you know a lot of these growth names have really gotten bid up. Mm. Jack, uh, the valuation expansion has been critical to the last two years since the Fed reversed course in 2018. 2019 was basically all valuation expansion. Last year was 100 um, percent outside of the, the big tech names. So it, does that mean that you have to view very different types of leaders in a market going forward where rates continue to rise? Right. Um, you know, if rates rise gradually um, and because the economy is expanding, expanding, that's not a bad thing. You know, we can still keep uh, valuations uh, or PEs at or around current levels. Uh, what I worry about is if interest rates will rise faster than the economy, you know, if the Fed has to track, you know, down a hot inflation print or something like that, that, that could have an impact 
on uh, you know on equities. But uh, for right now, like I said, I, I would just only count on earnings and dividends from here forward for the next several years, unless we can get you know some decent growth and growth and some good productivity, which actually is is really in play. So I, I think you know I'm still optimistic, uh, but I think. You know, I would prefer to own names, quality names. I think that's the important thing. Uh, quality names that have maybe uh, secure dividends and strong dividend growth, have some pricing power, uh, and can generate some good earnings and have good dividend yields for, for investors over the next few years. Jack, we just saw some pretty great earnings from big tech, but the shares are down. Do those big giants in the FANG suite fall into that description uh, of the companies you're, you're, you're talking about? Well, I mean, yeah, they've done great. Um, you know, I do worry when companies like that or stocks like that fall on good news. Uh, it may be that, you know, that sort of a, uh, a, the opposite of a washout. We've gotten all the good news behind it. And, and now we're, uh, you know, buying the rumor and selling the news, perhaps. Uh, I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily suggest you, you want to sell. I mean, because you essentially have to pay a 20% capital gain and then wait for, a, you know, you need a 15 or 10 to 15% pullback just to break even. So, you know, I, I think that uh, certainly quality companies worth holding, but I think incremental money uh, should go into some of the names that really haven't participated in the last year or so.